When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, let's do it. What you need to know is being brought to you by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Andy Kamenetsky is in today for Shidano, but he's going to join us coming up shortly. And here's Lindsay Baseball with what we all need to know. All right, so the city of Los Angeles could soon recommend using unarmed civilians to enforce traffic violations instead of the LAPD. The plan is based on conclusions from a three-year study conducted by an outside firm for the city council. The recommendation is similar to other major cities like Berkeley, Oakland, and Philadelphia in using unarmed city workers to enforce safety-related traffic violations, such as speeding. LAPD Chief Michael Moore welcomes the idea, saying that, quote, finding alternatives to a police response to certain incidents is something that the department is very much interested in. So basically, traffic violations would be issued more like parking tickets instead of having police do it. So that's what you need to know. I can think of so many reasons why that's a bad idea. <laughs> Whew. Wait, wait, people, wait, so like volunteer? They would be t- like, part. no, 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 they would be like, like I said, like parking people, the, the type of people do, that hand out parking tickets. You yeah. know, they're obviously uniformed, unarmed civilians that are simply putting a ticket on your vehicle because you're parked where you're not supposed to be. So this would be a similar thing. They would drive around and like, traffic violation enforcement vehicles and they would give tickets to people who are speeding and stuff like that or have like a taillight out okay the idea by the way of you being the unarmed civilian policeman pulling over somebody that you have no idea if they are armed yeah good luck good luck finding people do do that good luck with that i don't really i don't really still get it like hold on so you mean to tell me, Mr. Unarmed Non-Officer, <laughs> that you've just pulled me over for doing 35 and a 25? Really? Yeah. Come I mean, on. You know, you know how many people are going to be like, yeah, great, whatever, bill me and drive off? But it, I mean, sure. But then when they just like with parking tickets, when you go to renew your license or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, remember that thing that you just drove off and ignored? Well, that's why we can't renew your license today. I mean, it's worked fine in other major cities. So I don't see like I don't see what's so hard to understand, Cap. I didn't know it worked in other cities. Yeah, like I said, they do it in Berkeley, they do yeah, it in Oakland, they do it I in know. Philadelphia. I heard you, but I didn't know yeah. that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know. I mean, I've never heard of such a thing. I, I would think that if they spend three years studying this, they they probably have a pretty good idea as to how it would work. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong. I just, I can't picture pulling over the average person while I'm unarmed, having no idea who this person is, how they're going to react to somebody that is, let's be honest, kind of a mall cop in this situation. I, I, not in a million years do I right. do that. Can you imagine pulling some dude over? Guy gets out of the car. He's 6'6", 275. Or, he's like, you're unarmed and you're not really a police officer? Get back in your car. Right. Wait, or, but, but or wait a minute. Let's just say On you pull over side. somebody that has like warrants out and like they all of a sudden start panicking. or Like, no, no, no. <laughs> well, they would, I would imagine they don't have the ability to check that. But again, like imagine how many times 
there's a whole TV show about it called Parking Wars, where people flip out on the people that write them parking tickets and they put the boots on their car or whatever. And like those people are not armed and they seem to be able to get by just fine. You know, know, I know I hate those little parking guys that walk around all day and then they put like a chalk mark on your on your tire. (laughs) Yeah. And then they come walking back like an hour later and they're like, what time did I put that chalk mark on? And they give you a ticket and you're standing there at your car. and You're like, no, no, I'm here. I'm ready. I got to go. Come on. And like, no ticket. But here's the difference. Here's the difference, though, Lindsay. If you're giving someone parking tickets, they are typically not there. You return to your car and find the ticket or you find the boot on your wheel. You cannot pull somebody over without them being there. That's the big difference. I mean, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll make people chill out a little bit, you know, maybe it will. Maybe it will. Seems like a good idea. That is what you need to know. It is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Listen, 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, uh, Georgie Sedano is standing by right now. I don't know exactly where he is in Phoenix. Let's find out. George, good afternoon. Big game coming up tonight. How are we feeling? Uh, good afternoon. I am uh, in the bowels of the arena as we speak. I just had to walk away from another great Hubie Brown story because I'm wearing some Jordan 1s, and he told the story about the first time Michael wore the shoes uh, and he was coaching against them. It was uh, actually pretty fun stuff. Like he was telling me that everybody, including his team, stopped to look at the shoes, going, "What the hell is that? What is he wearing?" It was did he say? Crazy, did he fun. say which color those shoes were that night, George? They were the red and black ones, I believe. Nice, nice. What color are yours? Mine are the uh, are beige and white because yeah. I'm wearing a green suit today, so I felt like it would go well with the green suit. Hey, nice. Sharp. I'm Michael Very Jordan. Sharp. I'm his defender. And then I see these shoes. Like, I'm picturing the way Hubie would tell this story, where everything becomes, in, like, sort of the first person. He tells the best stories. He's fantastic. Oh, he's the best storyteller in the world. We were having uh, breakfast this morning. We stayed an extra 45 minutes just to hear stories. It was great. <laughs> hey, when a guy is 89 years old, guy's a walking history lesson. You know what I'm saying? So. He really is. Yeah. George, uh, Andy and I have started today talking about how uh, AD getting hit in the head, then being taken off the court in a wheelchair, and having Barkley and Shaq laughing at him last night, and having Stephen A. Smith calling him out this morning. Uh, what do you think about the way everybody's reacting to AD and what happened last night? Honestly, Cap, I don't think about it. Like, I, I only, I don't worry about how other people are going to react to the injury. I, I worry about how I reacted to the injury, which was I was like, oh no. Uh, and we, I text that in our chat today or last night when it actually happened, where I was like, oh no, this is not what the Lakers need right now. And granted, thankfully he's going to be fine, but ultimately, I, hi, Om, Om Young Masu, just give me a big bear hug. Oh, um, hi, Om. But, got, but, got those uh, black Air Force I, ones I, for I'm you. Glad that, I'm, I'm glad he's a big uh, Air Force One and uh, and Jordan One's guys. Oh, young mm-hmm. with But anyway, to wrap up what I was saying is that I'm just glad he's going to be okay because my initial reaction was like, oh no, this is not what the what he or the Lakers or anyone needs right now. Um, you know, and hopefully he's going to be okay as soon as possible. That was just my initial reaction. Yeah, but they laughed at him, man. They called him soft. Laker fans are pissed today. You know, Stephen A. had to, okay, he had well, to sort I, of apologize. I don't know what you want me to say about other grown men's reaction. Like, I don't have a reaction to their reaction. You have zero reaction to their reaction. Is that right? 
I don't, I, I, I don't listen, man. I'm too grown and too worried about my own business to be worried about how other people react to reaction. Okay, you know let what me, I mean? let like, me ask you this. Like silly to me. Let me ask you this then, Sedano. How do you think AD, actually, how do you think he is reacting to it? How do you think he should be reacting to it? Because he has to be aware that this was the reaction. Oh, sure, but he's aware of all this other stuff. Now, generally speaking, he generally, like, just kind of, you know, shrugs his shoulders and keeps it moving and does what he needs to do, which is be dominant in games. Um, and my guess is uh, he's not going to address it unless the series is over. Maybe if someone asks him, maybe he'll address it. Maybe he'll also just kind of shoo it away. Um, but that's generally the, the standard that he's set. And honestly, if I were him, I would too. I, I wouldn't care. Like, you know, not that I wouldn't care, but I wouldn't care to give anyone the pleasure of reacting to that, you know, if I was upset about the reaction. But I think Dave McMiniman or maybe someone had reported today that he was aware and he wasn't thrilled, obviously, who would be. Right. Uh, Sedano is here. He's in Phoenix, so he's not really here, but he's on the air right now. George, what I'm worried about going into tomorrow night's game is that not only does AD have – I mean, I actually don't know what he has other than he was hurting yesterday and he had to be you know, wheelchaired off. So I don't know if he's going to be 100% or if his head's going to be bothering him, if he's got a massive headache. I have no idea. But what I'm also worried about is it seemed like late in the game LeBron twisted his ankle and was, was limping around again. So now I'm worried about both of these guys going into Friday night. How about you? Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel like that's, our, that's what everybody should be worried about every game, right? Like that their health – stays pristine because if it's not then the chances of them winning this series start to diminish some and especially if both of them are dinged up then you really are kind of putting yourself in a bind uh so i I absolutely think that that's something everybody should be focused on and aware uh, aware of that those guys need to be as healthy as possible for them to have the chance to close this thing out on friday yeah i can't decide if it makes me feel better that with lebron it was the other foot not the one that he's been dealing with all year. It's the other foot. Like, Yeah, but here's the thing, AK. He's actually – both wheels are both busted to some extent, I right? Know. It may not be the one that was busted worse, uh, but they both have had yeah, issues but this if, season. If you can choose between the tire with, like, 40% tread versus the one with, like, 45, you're going to take 45. Oh, sure. Yes, I will give you that. But at this point, we are, we're, literally, we're literally splitting hairs, or in this case, splitting tread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's life as a Laker fan right now, uh, Georgie. While we got you here, we're, t- all, we're all hanging on by the thread of a of a uh, of, of a tire at this point. <laughs> of a no, metaphor, no doubt. Right, no doubt, Georgie. We got you here tonight. So uh, Nuggets, Suns, the game that you're on, and three um, two Nuggets. We all saw what happened in the last game. A lot of pushing and shoving now. You know, I mean, Joker came over and KD pushed him out of the huddle. So what are you expecting tonight? Uh, listen, man, I, it's kind of a an interesting situation because what we've seen is the home teams in these situations defend, right? We saw Golden State do it yesterday. We saw the Knicks do it. Um, you know, this is an elimination game now for the Suns. They're not going to have DeAndre Ayton. They're 0-5 against the Nuggets when DeAndre Ayton doesn't play. Now, granted, that's all been in the regular season during his career. And it's kind of a weird spot because they've also been worse with him on the floor in this series. And they've been much better with him off the floor this series. So does that help them for one game at home? Maybe perhaps that does. Uh, I expect Kevin Durant to have a big game historically in closeout or elimination games, rather. You know, he's averaging 30.2 points per game in his career in an elimination game. And only guy, the only guys better than him 
are Jordan, LeBron, and Wilt Chamberlain. So I'm expecting a big KD game if I guess I'm going to make a prediction. Have you heard anything yet definitive, George, about Jamal Murray's availability or other nuggets? Like I heard a report that there's like a bug going around right now. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's the same thing we've heard. We do not know. We're going to meet with Coach Malone here probably about 30 minutes, um, the TV crew. So I'll have a better idea sometime after that. You're actually uh, going to meet with the coach. Are you not sitting around waiting for the uh, NFL schedule release? You're not like studying that right now? No, I could care less right now about the NFL schedule release. Oh, I, uh, I can find it on the internet. Like, I don't know if you realize that. They post this on the internet afterwards, so I, I, I think I can still catch up. It's okay. I thought you'd be watching this. I'd be like, hey, I'm getting ready to do an NBA game. But, man, this schedule release is a big deal to me. Yeah, I did see that uh, your Chargers, uh, and I say that facetiously, it will be uh, week one, will be hosting the Dolphins. I feel like you and I should go to one of these ga- that games together. Is that game in L.A., really? The Chargers are hosting the yeah. Dolphins, you said, huh? That would mean they were hosting, yes. That's right. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> precisely what that means. Okay. That actually, that would hosting be fun the Dolphins. if you two go together. It would be great. We could wear all our Dolphin gear together. Well, I, was I, offered, s- I offered last last year for you to go to the Sunday night game with me and um, and then you flaked on me I even was going to buy the tickets for you so and and you flaked even then yeah I know I did I flaked I did it's true it's true hey I've just I've just flaked on the Laker game on Friday night you know people were giving me a hard time because I tried to get Bergman to get me a credential for Friday night before last night's game and Bergman said I'm not going to do credentials until we know what the situation is and people told me I jinxed the Lakers last night um, so I'm I'm giving up my own credential on Friday. I'm not even I'm giving it up, George. What do you think of that? No, you're not giving it up. You just don't want to drive from South South LA to LA on a Friday. That's what you don't want to do. Let's let don't let's be transparent here. Don't lie to the people. Okay, what you're the mean? man. You're the reigning man of the people. So you shouldn't lie to the people. That's we'll what you want. But that's fine. I'll Come be on. there. It's okay. You, you I'll will be. be right. I'll be there in in our honor. There's All also right. Cappy's plus one issue right. that he's got yeah right i also want to bring you know i want to bring my better half a you credential know? for rachel she's not even a member of the media what do you mean she's not a member of the media sure she is she's helping me <laughs> she's I mean, helping for the me. love of god <laughs> she's your assistant right it's my she's my she's my camera person she's my social media director now now is this only because our my daughter aria got a credential when i did the warriors lakers game back in february when i was calling the game that i did not know that now it makes it even that much worse you that know, i did not know true story years ago this is uh i believe the 2000 yeah it was the 2008 season i actually the lakers were really nice about this my mom was visiting, and she's a huge Lakers fan. She's never been to a game because you know she lives in St. Louis. They credentialed my mom, and my mom <laughs> went to a game. With, oh, it was awesome! Wow. She she met Kobe yeah. Carl. But it was a regular season game. I bet it right? was a regular season game. Yeah, it wasn't an elimination yeah, game against the Warriors on a Friday not. night. It was yeah. not. Um, yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not. A, it's not an elimination game on a Friday night. Is my guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. And even my daughter went. It was a game in February that I was doing, okay, in San Francisco. So I mean, I'm not putting pressure on the Lakers right now to credential River Rachel. I'm, I'm just saying they, they were very nice. Yeah. They did this for my mother. Well, all, all I'll say is that this time of year, the NBA is watching those credentials a little closer than they are during the regular season. Probably true. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, George, have a great broadcast tonight. We'll all be watching, and um, we will see you tomorrow. Will you be watching, or are you also lying to me again? No, no, I'm going to be watching, but I was when I said um, we'll all be watching, I was hoping you weren't going to say 
Well, you won't be seeing me because I'm going to be doing radio tonight. I actually didn't ask you if you're doing radio or TV, so I just went with TV. Yeah, I am doing TV, so you will see me tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I <should do> this. <laughs> All right, go. Go to work, will you, kid? All right, I'm going to go talk to Monty Williams. I'll let you guys know about right. who's playing later. Yeah. Tell Monty I All said right. what's going on. All right, there you go. There's George. Shidano stopping by for a couple of minutes. All right, um, on the way, Andy, I want to play for you uh, what happened on the pregame show last night with Alan Sliwa and ask you the question, is this this like normal standard operating procedure with Dave McMiniman? I'll play all this for you, and you can help me figure this all out. Coming right back, this is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, Sedano Cap back on 710 ESPN. Andy Kamenetsky is in for Sedano. Lindsay Baseball's in the house. The Queen at Unique is in the house. So, Andy, um, I really um, I want to play something for you, and actually I wonder, uh, Laura, if we'll be able to play it. But I was listening. Okay, you do. So, uh, Andy, did you hear what, uh, any of the pregame show last night with Sliwa? He had Dave McMenamin on. I did not. No. So, uh, Dave explained something to Sliwa. Uh, started off the conversation. Started off that that Anthony Davis was upset about not being named to any of the all-defense teams. You you know about this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big controversy. And so AD's really upset. Why is it a big controversy? Oh, I'm, I'm saying it's very controversial among Laker fans. They're very upset about this. Okay. Well, here's what Dave said to Slee about AD being upset. Go ahead and play this from yesterday, Laura, please. Uh, how about on the – how about um, – do, do you think this is something that Anthony Davis cares about when it comes to all-defense? Uh, was not a part of the he first does. or the second team. And, and it, you could expand on that. I'm curious if you've got a chance to connect with him at all on that. So I haven't spoken to him since uh, the defensive team came out, but I've had a constant dialogue with him. And actually, to be as transparent as possible, I showed both AD and LeBron my ballot before I sent it in for the awards just to get their input to see, you know, Here's how I see it, and I pay a lot of attention, but I'm obviously not on the court, and I'm not a master of the game of basketball like you guys are. And we had an extended conversation, AD and I, about Defensive Player of the Year, uh, and he is still hurt that he's ever won it. He believes he should have several of them uh, on his mantle at this point. And I know that it, w- it w- would have bothered him when he saw the defensive teams come out. I absolutely know it 
because he is so locked into that side of things. He was reciting to me in the postgame locker room after game four his defensive efficiency in terms of what players are shooting from the floor in this series when he's the, the man guarding them one-on-one and also what Warriors are shooting as him as the help defender. So, like, mm. he, he knows his stats because he is taking pride in the impact that he's making on that end. All right. So, AK, let me ask you this. Um, first of all, I don't know why everybody is so consumed with these individual awards. I mean, there's so much talk when it comes to the NBA about MVP and defensive teams, and maybe it's all just money, but I just don't understand why everybody is so focused in on these individual honors. I'd rather win a team championship than win defensive player of the year. Well, I think he wants to win both. I I can't imagine that AD is thinking about this as one or the other. He's looking to win both. But as far as the which one would you rather have? I mean, you'd rather have the championship, but in AD's mind, he doesn't want to decide. He wants both. He's greedy, and you want you want your players to be greedy with this stuff. Like that is the attitude that I think most people want from their players. Like obviously, you want them to rank championship first, but AD winning Defensive Player of the Year would would likely reflect him playing at a level. That leads to a championship. Okay. Um, you think that he should be offended or upset that he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year or that he wasn't on the all-defensive team? Look, it, part of what makes this a story is AD in these playoffs, and really since he came back from that most recent injury, AD's defense has been incredible. Like, it's been absolutely incredible. You can easily make an argument that he's been the best defender in the league and I, I don't even think it's that difficult an argument to make in these playoffs it, it, there's not even a question about it but to be honest he's missed a lot of games this year and the first three quarters of the season the Lakers were fighting just to get to 500 and a lot of that time the defense wasn't very good so a lot of the context is going to lead to AD not getting all defense votes like whether you think he should or shouldn't, that's just reality. That's the way this thing shook out. So I was not surprised at all that he didn't get first or second team all defense. But if you're asking me, is he as good or better than everybody on that list? The answer is when he's healthy, absolutely. Right, but that's not that's not it. it it's about, hey, the, the first half of the season, to your point, the team scuffled, was, was battling, trying desperately to get back to 500, started 2-10, and 10, we all know the story. And then he got hurt for 20 games. And he missed, you know, the middle of the season, so to speak. And so I just, this whole idea of, of he's so upset he didn't make these teams, well, these teams weren't decided in play from the last six weeks. They were decided from the whole season. But I was surprised, I've never heard this before, when Dave said, and I love the, the way he said it. Dave's hey, details were great in this, D- by Dave's the way. like, hey, listen, in the spirit of transparency, I go over to LeBron and AD, and I show them who I'm voting for to get their input. I was like, Wow. Uh, I've not heard that before, but um, I guess if I were in Dave's shoes, I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, yo, LeBron, uh, hey, I got this ballot over here. Um, you want to tell me what to do here, bro? Because, like, you know, you're LeBron. Well, so. uh, okay, I don't think Dave was saying, tell me who to vote for. I think what he was trying to show is, and the reason he can have these type of relationships with LeBron and AD is it's like, I will tell you if I have you ranked first team, second team, not on it at all. You can You can... Agree with me, not agree with me, tell me I'm an idiot, whatever. But either way, I'm saying this directly to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've got the stones to say it with you in the room. 
like depending on where he put either one of those guys. Hmm. I kind of thought of it more like, um, hey, LeBron, so uh, I got to make these votes, man. And, you know, you're a master of basketball and I'm not. I watch a lot, but I'm not well, a master of it like you are. So I just thought I'd run these by you. Oh, Tell no, me oh, what you think. Yes. No, that that. OK, I, I misinterpreted what you meant. I thought you meant he was asking LeBron for basically like, where do you want me to put you? Where do you want me to put AD? I, that, that's the way I well, thought you meant well, it. Well, listen, you know, um, if if let's say he shows up and LeBron says, why you got me here? You know, you got to put me up here. Well, I mean, what's he going to do? Say no? I'd be like, okay, whatever you say, King. I think, you know what? I think Dave would actually say no. I okay. actually think Dave would tell him no. And then in the meantime, though, it's not, it is actually not unusual. Like I've heard Brian Windhorst talk about this. I've heard Zach Lowe talk about it, Howard Beck. A lot of these guys go to players and coaches specifically for all defense because defense is harder to like quantify. You don't have the stats. And a lot of the advanced numbers aren't as easy to break down as the stuff for offensive. And there's a lot about defense, honestly, that's more complicated to really understand. So it actually, I, I actually give Dave credit for going to LeBron, going to AD, and like getting their input on it because they know this stuff. I give him credit for telling everybody about it. And um, if I'm Dennis Schroeder, or if I'm D'Angelo Russell, or if I'm Austin Reeves, next time I see him, I'll be like, yo, man. Uh, when you got votes, talk to me. Let me uh, let me give you some feedback. Let me give you some thoughts here on these things. I mean, in the spirit of transparency, let me give you a couple of concepts. Should he go to Should he go to the entire team? Like, should Mo, should Mo Bamba be upset with him that, yes. that Dave didn't bend his ear? Right. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly. Wenyan Gabriel should be pissed right now. Well, if there's okay? a reason he freezes, well, no. If he freezes out Dave post game from now on, we're, we're going to know he's offended. Right. right. Rui Hachimura should be pissed. Everybody, like even Max Christie, who's a rookie and doesn't really even know anything much more than you or I, like he should be mad at McMenamin. McMenamin has not canvassed the entire Laker roster. Dude, uh, Tristan Thompson should be furious right now that Dave McMenamin did not come up to him and give him an idea of what he was doing with his votes and give him an opportunity to lend some feedback. Maybe only two masters of basketball in the locker room, Andy. They are the two best. (laughs) If you're going to pick two uh, masters, I'd go LeBron in 82. All right, coming up, Lindsay Baseball. We are ready to go. It is time for Radio Tinder. Let's see what Lindsay's got all cooked up for us. AK in for Shidano. And Radio Tinder is coming up next. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks, Christopher. Sorry, I always like to listen to the music for a minute. But this one's kind of cheesy. I love it. So cheesy. I like all all the wrestling stuff. You don't like it? I do. I love it. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say I love wrestling. Um, All right, guys. So Elon Musk has announced plans for a new Twitter CEO, but he has not said who it is. In a tweet earlier today, Musk said that he, quote, hired a new CEO for X slash Twitter and that she will be starting in about six weeks. Musk will instead assume the role of executive chair and chief technology officer overseeing product, software, and psyops of Twitter. Do you guys care? What are psyops? I don't know. Psyops? So system and operations, I guess. Oh. Um, just, you know, just one of those tech words, Psyops. I, okay. I, you yeah, know. I mean, the way you just glossed over it is like I was supposed to know what that meant. Sorry. Well, I didn't know what it meant. Read, read what was in the tweet. Do you guys care who Twitter's new CEO is? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? Um, I guess I'd be lying if I said no. So I'm going to swipe right and say yes. I, I, I am curious. Um, you know, six weeks, take some time, get her, which I think is kind of cool, uh, in into place. So, yeah, I mean, Twitter is such a monster company and it's been such, you know, so high profile and Elon promoting himself to CTO and chairman. Yeah, I I, I admit I I will be curious to see who the new CEO is. I am swiping left, not because I disagree with anything Cappy said, but because in reality, I don't think Elon Musk will be able to get out of his own way. And however qualified this mystery woman is and however good a job she could do, I think in the end, he will submarine it because that's just who he is. Yeah, which makes it that much more interesting for me. Yeah, so now I even really want to know who it is. Oh, okay. Any uh, <laughs> any rumors out there, Lindsay Baseball? Um, the only thing I've seen are photos that were like um, regenerated as Elon Musk as a woman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing right, I've seen. Right. Elaine Musk. Elaine exactly. Musk. They're all pictures of him like with makeup and like, long hair on it. They're like, oh, this is the new Twitter CEO. He's going so to pull a Billy Martin. <laughs> All right, next one. A new kind of Botox injection is taking over TikTok, and it has nothing to do with fine lines and wrinkles. Rather than targeting the typical injection sites like crow's feet, forehead wrinkles, or laugh lines, more Botox users are turning their attention to their trapezius muscles and a procedure called treptox. Those suffering from pain or tightness in their traps or those who are unhappy with their appearance are turning to treptox to reduce and relax them. The injections injections can relieve pain or can be used for aesthetic purposes to create the appearance of a longer, slimmer neck. Would you ever consider getting treptox? Swipe left or swipe right, Andy? <laughs> swipe left, man. I got a perfect neck. Yeah? You nice oh, yeah. neck. Oh, yeah. I always when I see you, I'm always like, man, you got a nice neck. Oh yeah, absolutely. My neck is my moneymaker. So absolutely it's perfect <laughs> as is. I, I'm not not doing any Botox that could slightly even mess up this equilibrium. 
Wow, you see, Lindsay, I thought what you were going to say was is that people were using Botox, particularly on the back of their neck, because I don't know about the rest of you guys, but like one of my major things or worries as I get older is is that I'm going to have like a whole wrinkly, sun-beaten-down back of my neck, you know? So if all of a sudden I get that really wrinkly back of my neck and they could Botox it and my neck could become less wrinkly, that would be a good thing. Wait, but apparently that's con- not what this is for. Who's concerned about wrinkles on the back of their neck? Are you being facetious or are you being dead serious? Oh, no. You see, you don't realize because you have long hair. So nobody sees the back of your neck, you know, unless you put your hair up. But for me, the back of my neck is exposed at all times. My neck is always naked. Unless on rare occasions, I wear, you know, like a schmata around my neck, you know? <laughs> What's a schmata? Schmata is like a, like a scarf. Yeah, like a just like a just like an article of clothing that you just kind of throw around, you know. It's the Yiddish for for that type of clothing. Yeah, shmata. Well, I mean, you can get Botox like pretty much anywhere, Cap. So. Well, I'm telling you right now, if my neck, if the back of my neck gets as as wrinkly as I'm I'm concerned of it being, I'm getting Botox in the back of my neck. Is that I is that right care. now where you're identifying your problem area, Cappy? Like the area that needs the most work, <laughs> the back of your yeah, neck. Yeah. What about the front of your neck? Well, okay, I'm glad you mentioned it. As a matter of fact, Lindsay Baseball, I'm also kind of paranoid and a little self-conscious about the front of my neck, too, because I feel like as I'm getting older, the front of my neck is starting to have that like little chicken neck thing. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's something that a lot of women are starting to get Botox there on the front of your neck because it does... It does relax the muscles, so so it's not they're not as wrinkly. Which a lot of women like, you know, they say everybody, not just women, men and women, you should never leave the house without sunscreen on. Yeah, especially out here, even if it's mm-hmm. like overcast or whatever. And I know, like, even George is like, oh well, I just wore like moisturizer. Like, we don't, I don't need sunscreen. No, you should wear sunscreen every single day on your face. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people stop at your face and they don't cover their neck, and then you know their face may be all right, but then their neck is just like, ugh. <laughs> Now, would this mean if you get Botox, if you get Botox either in the front of your neck, the back of the neck, or both, does that mean your neck will no longer move? Like the way, like if you get Botox in your face, like your eyebrows or whatever stop moving? It's very, very like surface level muscles. It's not like deep into your, you know, like obviously like your expressions are moved by thousands of tiny little muscles in your face but your neck it's if you're getting it it's like the what's it called the subdermal level so it's not like your entire neck's not going to be able to work it would take a lot of botox like like tons and tons of vials of botox it would take hundreds of them for you to not be able to move your neck anymore no, but, well, but like, you seem to know a lot about this yeah but i know i know a lot. i mean I, I get botox i feel like most women my age do so it's you know pretty common well, I mean, I, I can't tell, so I guess I you know, to. kudos exactly. to your Botox. Exactly. No, I, need a, I need a couple of Botox shots right in my neck. I need expert Lindsay to help out. Oh, I this is great content. Lindsay and Cappy go in together for Botox. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been trying to get Cappy in on that bandwagon for a while. I think She's also has. been trying. You know what else she's been trying to get me to do? Is get my eyebrows um, like... Microbladed. Right. She wants mm-hmm. me to get my eyebrows microbladed, Andy. Like, like vanilla ice? No, 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 no. I think you got microblading all wrong. <laughs> no, take heed because I'm a lyrical poet. Miami's on the scene just in case you didn't know it. It's not like that. Remember he had that little he had that little part shaved out, that little sliver? Yeah, oh, no, no. We're trying to we're trying that. to grow extra for me, not reduce my eyelash or eyebrow situation. That's what Mason wanted, and yeah, I cut him. Yeah, because I only have I only have like a half an eyebrow on each eye. 
So microblading is kind of like, theoretically, it's similar to how you get tattoos. But again, it's, it's not as deep as tattoos. So they only last for about two years or so, depending on, you know, what you use on your skin and this and that. And so it's just a very, very light layer of skin where it's like slicing little cuts into your eyebrows. And then you put the ink inside just like you do with a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Andy, they want me to get my eyebrows tattooed because I have a full head of hair. No, but no, I'm half, your I'm eyes half t- bald no, on no, my micro- eyebrows. <laughs> microblading your eyebrows and tattooing your eyebrows are two different things. You want to oh. get them microbladed, not tattooed, because that's just weird. Okay, well, let's keep going here. Radio Tinder, presented by Tequila Mandala. All right, so according to Lakers broadcaster and our own John Ireland of Mason and Ireland, LeBron could be getting his own Last Dance style docuseries. Apparently, John was a guest on the Awful Announcing podcast this week, and he said that Andy Thompson, who worked on ESPN's acclaimed series chronicling Michael Jordan's final NBA title run, has hung around the Lakers a lot this season, stockpiling footage in preparation to tell James' story. Do you guys think that LeBron is currently experiencing a Jordan-esque last dance run? Swipe left or swipe right, Andy? Swipe right. I mean, LeBron's career has been... Incre- like beyond successful, it's really interesting. Like when you when you look at the beginning of his life as a kid and all the chaos that his that he and his mother experienced, and then he essentially became like a child star. He was like the equivalent of a child actor because he had been famous for so long. You know, I mean, he was we knew about him when he was a thirteen year old. Then all the different turns in his career, and that like I I think it would be really fascinating. What do you mean by the question, though, is is LeBron experiencing a last dance? Explain the question. What do you mean? I mean, like, right now, mm-hmm. if if the documentary maker of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, mm-hmm. if he is indeed following the Lakers around right now and has mm-hmm. been stockpiling LeBron footage all season, mm-hmm. does this current run that the Lakers are on, do you think it's reminiscent of Michael Jordan's last dance title run? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I thought you meant the whole documentary. That's what I was like, because remember with Jordan, it was like a 10 part deal and it got into all these different parts of his life. Again, it was like the last dance. I mean, come on, guys. Like, let's this is not that hard here. The the last dance. Well, we've already look. I mean, we've already been told it's not the last dance because LeBron said, like, I'm waiting till Bronny, you know, so I I, this feels more like uh, seasons that will lead up to the last dance than the actual last dance, because we've already been told it's not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, he's got another year left on his contract beyond this year, doesn't he? Is it yeah. this year? Sure, but, or- but again, if he's going to play next year, like, I, I mean the run. Like, the whole point of L- The Last Dance was, like, M- Michael Jordan's last title run, right? That was kind of like the crescendo of the piece. So they didn't get a whole lot into, like, him retiring and, you know, like, as far as the, the down the downward slope, I guess, of his career. They didn't really get into it, like, his Washington days or anything. It was his last title run. So that's what I'm saying. All right, I'm going to make an admission right here, right now. Um, the last dance, which I saw. When, when do you guys think that aired? Like maybe. Okay, all right. June you can take this way too literally. 20? Just for just you know. Well, no, I'm just. I'm just. I, I honestly like. I I remember watching the whole series and loving it and watching it every week, but I didn't remember that it was all about that last title run. I honestly didn't. But the question is: Is this LeBron's last dance? You know what, Lindsay? Baseball. I'm going to swipe left. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I I think that LeBron will come back next year. I think this team will be better next year. I think they'll be better from the beginning of the season next year. I don't think this is LeBron's last dance. If they they keep this group intact 
and everybody remains healthy, I agree with Cappy. There's no reason they can't make a run. I think I think this roster is legit. It's solid. It's good. All right, Blake Harris is on the way. We're going to talk a little Dodger baseball, Dodgers-Padres this weekend at Dodger Stadium. But I want to remind everybody that Radio Tinder is presented by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves available wherever fine tequilas are sold. Or you can go to tequilamandala.com, up your game, and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. And by the way, Andy, Tequila Mandala is going to be a very big part of the Mandy's that night. It's, so get, it's get ready. really good. Yeah, It's get, really good. Get yourself ready. Blake Harris talking Dodgers baseball. Dodgers getting ready for the Padres this weekend. Stick around, everybody. Balake next on Sedano and Cap. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Andy Kamenetsky in today for Shidano. Shidano. George is going to be on the broadcast tonight, so... For all of us who uh, want to support our boy, he's going to be on the broadcast tonight. Phoenix and Denver coming up in a second part of a doubleheader tonight on ESPN. I, I did turn off the uh, the basketball game. I turned over to the NFL Network to see what was going on with the schedule release. Andy, I'm going to take a small stab here that you're not really paying attention to the schedule release this evening, are you? No, I've been preoccupied with uh, everything going on with the Lakers and I guess defending Anthony Davis's honor. Yep, I guess you are. Uh, give us a couple of minutes here then to at least talk a little bit about what's going on with the Dodgers right now. Blake Harris is in the house. And Andy, have you ever seen what happens yes. on Blake's Twitter yes, I when have. the Dodgers win? Yeah, Blake and I have DM'd about this. It's awesome. I will literally sit there and watch the full 60-second video of these guys DJing bottle caps. Oh, they're fantastic. One of, one of them, the guy on the left, I think kind of looks like Slava Medvedenko in sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So I find it even uh, you know 20% more funny and amusing because of that. I understand Slava's that. my guy. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. My, the, my Twitter avatar is actually of Slava uh, throwing down a dunk. Okay. All right. Duly noted. Here is Blake Harris, <laughs> Dodger insider. Back on Sedano and Cap. Your indifference. To that. <laughs> What's up, Balake? <laughs> How we doing, boys? How's it going over there? What's going down in the town? Yeah, uh, Andy. Actually, a few weeks ago, I don't know who posted it, but I think it was like the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Some, like St. Louis Cardinals Twitter account posted the video. Yes. And he he sent me a DM. I'm looking at it right now, saying. Horning in on your action, Blake. This is outrageous. Outrageous. Which and, it is. And I grew up in St. Louis, and even I recognized, like, you can't do this to Blake Harris. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing because this video is a famous video. So there are times where it gets posted on other accounts. And the amount of people that will, like, tag me and share with me saying, this feels so out of context. I don't like it. Like, I can't even watch the video because, like you said, Scott, there's, there's so many fans where they'll literally say, I have seen this video hundreds of times. And I will watch it from beginning to finish <laughs> That's because me. it just it just hits every night. It's I awesome. I love it. So Blake, the Dodgers sitting right now in first place at twenty three and fifteen. They just took two out of three in Milwaukee, and I'll I'll give them the break on the first game of the series because let's face it, man, they had to take two out of three in San Diego, get on a plane, get there, play the next day. So cut them a little bit of a break. But I think unofficially, I want to say they've won like ten of their last twelve, and. I mean, the numbers are even better than that. These guys, for all the talk that we've had about they didn't really add and they lost a whole bunch, man, they are they are still winning at an incredible clip. What do you say? I mean, it really is amazing because it seems like every episode that I've called in for during the season has been pretty much kind of talking about all the negatives surrounding this team. And, Scott, I, I will give you credit. You were the one that consistently was saying it's early in the season. They've only played 20 or 30 games. Let them figure it out. And, yeah, like you said, I think they've gone 10-2 and two over their last couple of weeks. Now, I will say this. The last time I phoned in, guys, I phoned in from Dallas, Texas, did the show from there. Since calling in from Dallas, Texas, the Dodgers have lost only two games, and they have yet to lose a series. So, not saying I'm taking credit for the Dodgers' turnaround, but – that is exactly what I'm saying. You should. <laughs> Just like you popularized those three guys, you know, spinning their bottle caps. That's all you, Blake. Well, there Blake, you go. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this weekend? Because last weekend, uh, I mean, look, it, it was exciting. It was, you know, I, I know it sounds a little ridiculous to call it playoff caliber, but it, there was a real buzz and excitement. There were Dodger fans all over the streets of San Diego. The park was packed for three straight nights. I mean, it had a great vibe to it. Now it's Padres-Dodgers in L.A. this weekend. Dodgers should be feeling great about themselves, especially when they came back and won the third game of that series and then walked out of town with the, with the win. What do you think about this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun weekend. Obviously, the Dodgers are riding on a hot note. You know, they've been dominating essentially the last couple of weeks. And this is a series that I think, you know, they're going to wake up for. The fans, especially at Dodger Stadium, they're going to show up for it. Last weekend, it was an exciting series. Now, it wasn't necessarily the best baseball played between the Dodgers and Padres. Obviously, the Dodgers took the series, but I kind of thought both teams looked sluggish all across the way. So I think this is going to be a much better series between both teams. I think it's going to be a much more competitive series between these two teams. And I'm very interested to see how Dodgers fans kind of react because this is the first time in a while they've seen Tatis at Dodger Stadium. Obviously, they're still new to the whole Juan Soto at, you know, as a, a member of the Padres kind of thing. And this is the first time the Padres returned to Dodger Stadium since knocking the Dodgers out of the playoffs. So I know that it's always kind of bad blood between the two fan bases when these two teams meet up. But I think this is going to be the first time where the Padres roll into town and Dodgers fans are kind of going, okay, we, we actually try to need to beat this team. We need to shut them up because for years it's they've been the little brother. They've come into town and the Dodgers have taken care of business. But I think Dodgers fans are kind of, a little worried about the Padres coming into town, but I think definitely winning two out of three this past weekend, it, it eased it a little, but this is going to be a tough series for the Dodgers this weekend. I'm looking forward to the right field, the fans, Andy. I mean, Tatis is out oh, yeah. there in right field, and if you saw last week down in San Diego, they had signs for Mookie Betts that said, Mookie eats corn the long way. 
um, which you know took me a couple of seconds to try and figure that out. But Mookie commented on it, thought it was like a hilarious sign. On Friday night after the Padres beat Kershaw, they had the uh, Kershaw meme with, mm-hmm. with the teardrop yeah. dripping down his face. Dodger fans were pissed. If I'm Dodger fans this weekend... Out in right field, Tatis is going to hear it all three games. Oh, absolutely. What, what I also think is really interesting about this, Blake, is talking about this rivalry and the way both teams are playing right now. Heading into this season, there have been much more questions about the Dodgers and you know just how good they could be, and maybe this is a year where they take a little bit of a step back. They're, nobody's expecting them to dominate. And the Padres were supposed to be the 800-pound gorilla on the block. You look at the standings right now, Dodgers are up four games, maybe overachieving, but it feels like the Padres are underachieving. What do you think that adds just to the the, the spice of this series right now? Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. Coming into the season, everyone was kind of expecting the Padres. This would be the year that they maybe take the division. The Dodgers, they're kind of like in a rebuilding, retooling kind of year. And yeah, through the first month, month and a half, I think the Dodgers now have the second best record in the National League, whereas the Padres, I believe they're exactly 500. I think they, they you know, lost the series. Yeah, they lost the series in Minnesota uh, these last couple of days. So they've been kind of struggling, but the beauty and the horror of baseball is this could be a Padres team that would be, you know, have the worst record in all of baseball, and they can come into town and they can absolutely dominate the Dodgers for three games. So although the Padres have been underachieving so far through the first few weeks, uh, this is a series that everyone is going to be waking up for. No offense to the Minnesota Twins, but I don't think Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, when they were rolling out of bed this morning, they had that oomph in them saying, you know, we're, we're going to go play the Minnesota Twins. But when they're waking up, you know, tomorrow saying we're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers at Dodger Stadium today, uh, I think all of those guys are going to be a little extra jazzed uh, than they have been this past week. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Blake Harris is here on Sedano and Cappy is our Dodger insider. Uh, Blake, do me the favor because George always does it. Uh, tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter and, you know, certain assets that you want to promote here this afternoon. Yeah. So if you're on, uh, you know, Twitter, the app that's uh, I liked what uh, you guys said right before I came on, soon to be led by Elaine Musk. Uh, so if you're over there on that app, you guys can find me at Blake H. Harris. And if you guys want to read some, some Dodgers content, posting daily articles, you guys can find me over there, BlakeHarris.Substack.com. All right. Hey, um, what's going on with Noah Syndergaard? Your guess is as good as mine. So we all know he's been struggling so far this season. He hasn't really been that good for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, they reshuffled their starting rotation this past week for Noah Syndergaard. They wanted to give him, you know, four or five extra days of rest. And he started the other night in Milwaukee. I think it was the first time we'd seen him since the end of April. And he makes it one inning because they pants in the dugout. And his finger looked like he just went into war battle. His finger looked like it had just blown up. I guess he had a blister. The Dodgers didn't say it was a blister. They said it was a cut on his finger, but... I don't think uh, a cut is doing that to anybody's finger. So they haven't done anything officially with Noah Syndergaard yet. If I were to guess, he's going to be placed on the injured list and miss an extended period of time because we've seen it with these pitchers and blisters. You have to be extra, extra. It's like a hamstring. When these guys are returning with hamstring injuries with blisters, you need to make sure this thing is 110% healed because if it's 90% healed and you come back and you mess it up just a little, it sets you back. So Noah Syndergaard, as if the season couldn't get any worse for him, yeah, he's, he's got this issue, and who knows how much time he's going to miss with this blister. Yeah, just ask Rich Hill how that goes. Um, I'll, yeah. ask you, I'll ask you uh, this version of a question Cappy just asked, but with a position player, what's going on with Max Muncy? 
seemed like maybe he was getting it together in April, but May is pretty cruel so far. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you how quickly things can change in baseball. In April, he was you know one of the top hitters in all of baseball, was leading the majors in home runs. And so far in May, I just uh, crunched the numbers right here, hitting 133, OPS of 483, 12 strikeouts, only has one home run. So uh, it just goes to show on any given week, you could be the best player on this planet, and then at the snap of a finger, you could be the worst. So with Max Muncy, I'm not too concerned. Maybe I should do an article saying that Max Muncy should be hitting lower in the lineup because right. the last time I did that, he became the best player in baseball. So, yeah, so maybe tomorrow I've got some time on my hands. I'll put in a little article. <laughs> do it. it. Yeah, yeah, Andy. Max yeah. Muncy should be hitting six. Right. That was Blake. Blake was like, Max Muncy should not be hitting fourth. And then George read uh, the, the sub stack and came on the air and was like, Max Muncy should not be hitting fourth. I'm like, bro, it's like 12 games into the season. Next thing you know, the guy's leading all of Major League Baseball in home runs. And, yeah, it's been kind of a tough May. But – do that, Blake. I mean, say something negative about Muncy so he can turn his stuff around. Hey, um, we all root for Trace Thompson, and what a great story yeah. he was last year, but it hasn't continued. What do you make of that situation? Yeah, it's been rough for Trace Thompson. Obviously, last year, he was like the diamond in the rough. Dodgers got him for cash considerations from the Tigers, and he was honestly one of their best hitters, but so far in 2023, things have been going horrible for him. I mean, he had that First game of the year when he had three home runs, drove in eight RBIs. But since that game, I mean, he actually has been arguably the worst hitter in all baseball. I think he's currently going through an 0 for 28 streak. I want to say something like that. So uh, that's something you never want to see from a player. You never want to see him struggle that much. And for the Dodgers, this is a guy that, you know, they are relying on to kind of figure it out and put it together at the plate. So the good thing is a lot of season left. But for Trace Thompson, especially, you know, going through this run, you, you really got to hope he figures it out because there are some guys in the minors that are doing really, really well. And I'm not saying it's going to get to that point later in the season, but if Trace Thompson continues to not perform and not meet expectations of being just a league average hitter, uh, he might be getting either sent down or possibly DFA to make room for guys that can't help the Dodgers. But I hope that's not the case because like we saw last year, when this guy is going, he's an incredible hitter and especially defensively as well. But yeah, 2023, it really hasn't been kind to him at all. Yeah, We all love a hometown kid and it's Michael Thompson's kid, so we're all kind of rooting for him. Hey, Balake, it's great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Our Dodger insider, Blake Harris, stopping by. Blake, we'll talk to you next week, man. Appreciate you, buddy. Hey, a great time as always, Nandy. It was good talking to you as well. Yeah, good talking to you too, man. There you go. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider. Hey, coming up. So even Thank though you. Thank we were you, all... Laura. Have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> even though we were all kind of like upset about the Laker loss and you know, maybe worried about A D and LeBron and their health, can we, Andy, turn this whole thing around and look at a bright side and Draymond Green defending Anthony Davis. I think this is something you're going to want to hear. That's all coming up. All right. Yeah, it's all coming up. Stick around. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.